Welcome back guys to another episode of the Health Mastery Show. Today I have on with me Steve Taylor. Steve is a registered dietitian. He works out of his own private practice based in LA, but also is the registered dietitian for Team 3DMJ Natural Bodybuilding Company. I had the pleasure of meeting Steve last July, I think it was, when I competed at one of my bodybuilding shows, and Steve is just an all-around awesome guy. He recently released, I think it was about a week ago at the time of recording, a course how to transition away from tracking uh, which was developed by himself and dr eric helms which goes into how to move away from tracking your macronutrients so this was what the topic of conversation was all about so it's more geared towards people who perhaps have been tracking for a long time and don't know how to transition away from it or perhaps haven't even thought about transitioning away from it we talk about all the potential pitfalls of tracking for a long time and how you might be missing out by not actually tracking for a period of time and then some of the associated problems when you actually track for for too long so we go into everything about tracking and it was a great conversation uh, personally and also Steve I know has the same position that tracking isn't something that is inherently bad and they talk a lot about this in the course that they released and it is definitely a useful tool from time to time but it isn't necessarily something that you want to be using all of the time for the rest of your life and it isn't something that's going to create long-term sustainable habits for a healthy lifestyle so if you enjoyed this podcast please do leave a rating and review and if you've got any questions you can reach out to myself my email address my social media handles etc are in the show notes the same with steve if you've got any questions for him you can reach out to him there and you can also check out the new course that they have released over at 3dmj that will also be linked in the show notes but without further ado let's get into the conversation with steve taylor it's good to chat to you again it's been a while yeah, when was that last one? Was it uh, last summer? No, I think the last. Yeah, the last time that we spoke was at the the Muscle Mayhem. Oh well, like in, other than just like what's or Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or email. Yeah, so it's been a while. Have you been since then? I've been good, man. I've been good. How about you? Yeah, I've been I've been good. Uh, eating a lot more food, so <laughs> feeling a lot better. It was a uh, it was a long season for me, uh, contest prep wise. Uh, that was my first show, but I didn't finish my my contest season until November, like 18th or something. So you so, stayed in that condition from July all the way through November. Well, I kind of had like unplanned refeed break, or diet breaks. So like the week after the Muscle Mayhem, I traveled to Lake Tahoe and I think San Francisco as well. So I didn't track anything didn't try to go crazy but like when you're such low levels of body fat even if you think that you're being pretty smart about it you pretty much always overeat um so and then the same thing kind of happened after my second show in september i was just like i need a break from tracking and just you know digging so hard and yeah other and, and like i gained a couple pounds each time but other than that pretty much yeah so um it was long <laughs> yeah i bet i bet you feel a lot better now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm much heavier like uh, a lot heavier so i actually didn't track anything since since the day after the competition i mean i i, I stayed with uh, eric and uh, alberto and, and jeff in new york and uh, and their wives were there and the day after we went to went to like some mall i mean amityville new york is there's not much happening but um there's like a there was like some sort of mall there and I, I think I ate like one kilo, one kilo of sweets. Like it was at least one kilogram of sweets, <laughs> like jellies. And from then, I just pretty much 
didn't track anything and obviously didn't track that because you know my my fitness pal probably would have broke but but yeah and and i've enjoyed it actually i I enjoyed not tracking and i think it was a a a really good part of my recovery so to speak physically Mm. and also more so mentally i mean um obviously you know just to get back to normal uh the feeling normal again i would have had to gain body fat but i thought that one thing that i didn't do compared to previous times i competed because it was funny the last time i competed in 2016 I, I i didn't i didn't realize or forgot completely that i messaged you on instagram back then because we both done the same organization the wbff um and I, that, that just came back to life when i messaged you like a few weeks ago i know but, uh, yeah I, I read that i was like that's crazy that's been yeah. four years yeah so I, I, after that show i think I tracked, or at least I tried to track, and then probably t- unsuccessfully stuck to whatever macros I had, and then felt really bad about it, um, and probably did that for a couple of weeks before I just said, oh, fuck it. But this time, I was just like, I'm not going to track anything. I'm just going to eat, try not to be over gluttonous. Like, I mean, eat what I want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I just eat, like, you know, jars of peanut butter and, and squeezing honey into it all day. Mm. Um, but I just ate what I want, and again, kind of weight kind of fast i guess fast ish and at the start i wasn't feeling that good i mean physically because you know my the turmeric effect of food was just i was just sweating a lot um, at night time um, but then my weight sort of leveled out by the end of the calendar year which was pretty much only like five weeks after i competed and then ever since then it's just remained the same and i haven't been tracking anything i mean i'm eating enough protein i'm trying to eat a good diet but if i want something then i'll, I'll have it i mean you know within reason like trying to eat like an adult and and my weight's just kind of halted i mean you know it hasn't gone up much more at all and i felt really good about it i mean i had like pretty much after the first few weeks i had like no food focus whatsoever like i mean it wasn't like oh i need to finish this or i can't wait to eat like another ice cream after i've already eaten one or something like that and i think that's something that i'll do in the future i mean i don't think that i would change anything per se necessarily like yeah i would like to be a little bit leaner but I mean, now I'm 28. I don't really care that much if I if I've got abs still or like or if I'm shredded still. I mean, if I'm feeling crap, you know, people don't really give a crap what I look like. And uh, at the end of the day, I want to progress as a bodybuilder, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the topic of this conversation, I guess, to to come back to it um, and not veer off too much, is all about in tracking. So, you know given that we started with that topic and then more specifically um you know transitioning away from tracking so i know you released a course with eric helms recently and um, i think you released that last week right yes yes yeah and i just i just finished up watching it and it's a great course and i got some questions for you around that so first of all um because we actually recorded this or something similar like july of last year but i messed up with the whole um editing or i think my laptop completely died or something it was a different laptop so that never came to life but now we're kind of starting at square one again but for those who don't know who you are um give a quick introduction to yourself and and what you do and um and and, you know how you got involved in kind of bodybuilding yeah uh simply put i'm a registered dietitian i have my master's degree in dietetics nutrition and exercise physiology and I have a uh, consulting practice where I help people make sustainable behavior changes in regard to how they eat and how they move. And got involved in, in bodybuilding. Um, actually started 
uh, got into weight training through football, American football. From there, um, fell in love with weightlifting and just kind of fell into physique sport from there. And yeah, um, love physique sport and uh, started off, uh, competed for three seasons and opened my practice. And then once I um, you know, started working with other people, I, I realized that, hey, my, my passion is actually f uh, for helping people make these long-term sustainable changes to how they eat and how they move to improve their life. So I still work with a lot of competitors, a lot of physique athletes, a lot of powerlifters, but it's not so much getting them ready for the stage or the platform, but helping them to come either out of that place or how to learn to live uh, in their off season in a, in a non-obsessed way. Um, this way they can you know, have, a, have a normal life um, and still be a, a productive bodybuilder or productive powerlifter. Yeah, so I think that's kind of a, an area that's not necessarily talked about much. I mean, or at least it hasn't been in the past. When, I know when I was like growing up or younger, uh, when I followed like bodybuilders, it was just always assumed that they just get fat, like really fat off season. And it's not necessarily that healthy. But what are this? What are some of the problems or what are some of the things that we see after, say, contest prep? Because most of the information that we see online, people putting out, it's all about like getting contest shape or maybe it's not even contest shape, but like getting in photo shoot shape or trying to lose fat um, and, you know, trying this diet, that diet, um, whether you, you think that's, that's a good strategy or not. But what are some of the problems that can arise after, say, one has gotten into the shape that they've got into? I think, I think the biggest one, it all kind of stems from this, is just having no exit strategy. So it's like there's always a plan to the stage, um, but then there's never really a plan afterwards. And so typically that leads to, without the plan, it's either, well, I'll just keep doing what I was doing, which is eating not very much and you know moving a ton, which just isn't sustainable, and then often leads to, to binging and, and, and everything like that. Or the plan, since they don't have one, is, well, I guess I'll just start you know, eating again with no structure, and then, you know, weight is gained very rapidly, um, and then they start to feel bad about, you know, heck, they worked so hard for this goal, and now they're just seeing it, they're, they're moving away <clears throat> from that peak level of conditioning that they had so quickly, and because it wasn't a planned thing, it, there's a lot of guilt uh, associated with that. Yeah, and, and I think often when I'm like giving advice or like talking to, to people on this podcast as well, I almost need to give like an asterisk uh, towards the advice that I give because um, like myself or some of the people that I work with are like, you know, they're competitive bodybuilders or they get in a photo shape, they get in photo shoot shape. Um, and that's the goal. Initially, it's not to try and get into bodybuilding shape and then uh, and then stay there forever for the rest of their life because uh, like I, I've been guilty of posting some things uh, or some strategies that I've done during my prep to get my food volume up pretty high and these like now that I think of it this just absolutely disgusting combinations <laughs> of foods you know egg whites and like cottage cheese or, or whatever and then you like whip it up in a mixer for like a half an hour and it gets like really high volume with like gelatine and stuff or xanthan gum um, and I can't even think about that it like it makes me feel ill to my stomach right now but when people are like asking me oh what's that recipe for that that you're doing and it's not necessarily a strategy that i would do to try and maintain a certain body weight for the rest of my life or if i want to be healthy because it's in a sense it's it's an unhealthy eating behavior um, and i even felt myself that i 
it's hard to distinguish between the two but i don't consider myself having a an eating disorder because i i don't binge or i don't uh, you know have any associations where i have an unhealthy relationship with food now but when i do diet i know towards the end um of a of a long contest prep that i will binge and it's not like something that i do all the time um but it's just something sometimes that i just can't control so i think maybe i did it two or three times towards the end of a, a my contest prep and i think that's more perhaps this is the just the complete term that i've coined is just disordered eating rather than an eating disorder because once i've removed myself almost from that situation and and mainly a you know physiological situation where my body fat's just so low i have like you know um you know relative energy deficiency syndrome because i'm just doing so much cardio and training and i'm eating like a 120 pound woman that when i've removed myself from that then that kind of goes away so i think when people and you'll be able to you know talk to this better but when people are like giving bodybuilding advice or what bodybuilders do for stages it's not necessarily something that people can just pick up and apply to their own lives and for long-term sustainable healthy habits definitely and and you you touched on a really good point there because it's like either if it's uh either somebody who's a non-competitor or if it's somebody who's a competitor in their in their their off season you know it's it's you know a lot of people know is like we shouldn't be having to do any really goofy eating behaviors to like maintain this thing like for example if somebody's trying to make long-term changes to how they eat and they want to learn how to lose weight and keep it off for one two three four five decades it's like are they really going to have a six pound salad every night <laughs> you know yeah so it's like they shouldn't or are they going to have like walden farms calorie free stuff all the time or are they going to be you know it's like there's if it's if we're talking about like true sustainability there shouldn't be any like wacky things going on yeah i got you and and i guess one of the things that people do when they try to get into into extreme shape or, or maybe not even extreme shape or perhaps just lose some body fat would be initially tracking and i can't that's almost ubiquitous now within bodybuilding at least in say quote-unquote evidence-based bodybuilding because of the calories in calories out people will now track their calories or the macronutrients in some form or another um but what are the potential downsides that that can lead to you know beyond say the contest prep and i know that some people like traditionally let's say bodybuilders if you follow flex magazine or even some of the the ifbb pro bodybuilders now they'll just follow a set diet they don't they don't necessarily count their macronutrients but like they might reduce their their serving size of peanut butter or potatoes and you know by default they're reducing their carbs or their fats but they're not necessarily tracking them and but now you'll get people who you know follow their macros and they're trying to be a bit more flexible with the dieting and they're saying you know hashtag like you know healthy healthy dieting or flexible dieting that it's it's more emotionally healthy because you're not necessarily bastardizing one certain food or a group of macronutrients and you know that that works and it's it's almost necessary um if you want to have a flexible or restrained flexibility within your diet and still get into contest shape it, it's very hard to just wing it and, and try and eat healthily quote unquote and get into contest shape but have you seen or what are the things that potentially tracking macros for a long time can can lead to i mean i could take this in so many so many directions um I guess I'll start with, I mean, just a, I, man, I, I, okay. For one, this is something that, that I noticed and, and it it sounds maybe um, counterintuitive, but like, I feel that like over tracking and, and, and Eric noticed this as well. It's like, if you're, 
if you're continuing to track very precisely for a long period of time, you know, what's kind of become popular over the years is like, you know, if, you know, tracking is optimal. Um, but actually, like, you might be limiting yourself in certain ways. It's like maybe, maybe um, you would perform better if you, if you ate a little more on this certain day. But because you have these predetermined targets, you feel like you can only have so much food. And so you limit yourself, which means you have a, a worse training session. And so, of course, that's just one day. But let's say like over time, you did that enough times to where it's like you consistently had like lower quality training sessions that would start to impact the amount of muscle tissue we're building, which would ultimately impact your what you're ultimately after, which is a, is a better physique. So that's one example of like how it could get in the way. Um, you know, because if you're if you're relying too heavily on that external feedback and, and, and not listening to the, the feedback your body's giving you, um, you you could be keeping yourself in a at a body composition that is suboptimal for uh, building muscle or suboptimal for your goals. And um, you know, if you if you touch base a little more with yourself, um, your body could give you that feedback like, hey, let me I, I want to gain a little more weight. And then through doing that, you would see an increase in performance, an increase in muscle tissue, and then ultimately long-term become a better physique athlete. Um, other things, which this is stuff that Eric's done a really, uh, did a really good job of talking about in that course is looking at the research on eating disorders and disordered eating and how uh, tracking can actually exacerbate that. Um, how, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's obviously eating disorders are multifactorial. There's a lot of things that go into that. Um, but if you're, constantly obsessing over all of these numbers, everything you eat, constantly weighing yourself, checking everything. I mean, just that alone of having those thoughts in your mind all the time, day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, um, absolutely has an impact. Yeah. And I think a good point that I don't know if yourself or Eric made that was that even if you don't perceive it to be overly stressful, it, it, it just perhaps means that you're good at dealing with stress and you're coping very well rather than it not being an actual stressful event or or activity that you're doing in your life. And I completely agree with you on the, the kind of body fat thing. And it comes back down to people trying to perhaps maintain a level of body fat that's perhaps too lean for them. Like for me, I look in the mirror and like, I don't even know if I really look like a bodybuilder anymore, to be honest. I maybe look like a, a rugby player or something like that. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not pretty looking anymore. Not that I probably was that pretty, but I, I mean, my physique is not necessarily something that people would consider like a bodybuilder. But I know that I, where I am right now, like I'm feeling really good. I'm not trying to gain too much more weight because I'm, I'm playing basketball now again as well. Um, but. I feel that if I'm trying, if I, I could easily have held 20 pounds or 15 pounds lighter and like looked more aesthetically pleasing. Um, but I know that that would have been detrimental to my performance. And I probably would have had to be a bit more meticulous with my, my tracking, meaning that I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to listen to my internal cues of hunger and satiety and, you know, my activity levels per se, because that ultimately would have drove my overall intake up to get me ultimately to in and around where I am right now, body weight and body fat wise. And, and that is one of the things that I think, I think once you, once you step away from tracking, once you step away from staring at all these predetermined targets, it, it makes it easier to get more in touch with the feedback your body's giving you. 
Because like if our focus is so heavy on here are my targets, here's my here's what I need to hit, and all this stuff, it's easy to like disregard or, or ignore what our body's telling us. But when we no longer have those that that safety net of like here are these targets, and we we just it, it forces us to become more in tune with our body, which means then we're able to to quickly recognize actually I am hungry all the time, and I probably shouldn't be hungry all the time if I'm trying to build muscle. Yeah, and I got you. And I, I guess, you know, the what we're talking here about is transitioning away from tracking. So there would have been some presumption that you would have tracked before, right? So if you're always listening to your, you know, your, your feedback, your biofeedback, if that's even a real word, that, you know, when you're in a dieting phase, you're, there's going to be times when you're hungry. So do you think that this can actually work when, when you're in a, say, a fat loss phase or is it more so to create a healthier relationship with with food or you know uh, getting better um better in tuned with your feedback your your the feedback that your body's sending you yep and and as you said so the the um it's all based around the the assumption that the person has experience tracking that they're very familiar with food they're very familiar with the macronutrient composition of different foods they have habits in place and so all of that being said you know you can you can cut you can maintain and you can gain without tracking. Like, absolutely. The kind of as you touched on at the very beginning, the the challenges occur. Um, for example, you're talking about can can somebody go through a fat loss phase without tracking? Absolutely. I do it all the time. I have plenty of clients who do all, do it all the time. Um, it, absolutely possible. The issues start happening is once you, like as you were saying, once you're once you're trying to get super lean because then it just becomes really hard to, uh, to, 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 to not eat if you don't have like kind of a, a cap. Because that is the thing that, that the tracking does give you, is like you know the amount of nutrients, the amount of calories you need to take in to reach your goals. Um, yep. But if you're, if you're super hungry and you don't have that cap, it's, it's, it's easy to overshoot that. So yes, it's possible, however, you know, if somebody's at the last weeks and they're trying to get ready for the stage or the last couple of months, depending on how lean they are, that's when, you know, tracking would be a better route to go. Yeah. Gotcha. So let's say if I'm like a 40, a guy who's like five foot 11 or whatever, and I'm 40 pounds overweight and I'm saying Steve that I actually eat when I'm hungry and like I'm 40 pounds overweight. So like you're telling me that I can eat when I'm hungry and I can still lose weight. It hasn't worked for me so far. So how how would you address that situation? Because I guess there's a lot of people who, um, you know, they eat when they're hungry, um, but perhaps, and this is probably something that I w was a weak point or a blind spot for you in the past, that when I thought of, say, in, intuitive eating or eating based on your intuition, that people, that, that would lead to like some people being obese, but those people perhaps eat not necessarily just when they're hungry, but they have poor relationships with food they eat when they're when they're emotionally stressed or when they're sad or upset or or they have they make poor food choices or they're in environments that are not conducive to you know healthy living or or a healthy body weight or maintaining a healthy body weight so if somebody is you know they, they feel like they are eating just when they're hungry they eat you know four or five times a day but they're now overweight how do you just you say you know i guess you wouldn't say just you know eat when you're hungry right no, uh, my, I mean, my, my first step to that typically is like, hey, let's actually start with a period of tracking. Let's get you tracking your calorie intake, get you tracking your protein intake, some stuff like that. 
and, and let's see where you're actually at and let's get you to establish some habits that, that support you know, fat loss. And then once we have like, okay, we have an idea of, okay, you need, you need to eat around 2,500 calories. And okay, now we have like these four square meals a day. Each of those meals is giving you some protein, a fruit or a veggie. Then once we have that structure in place, then I would take away the, the tracking. So in that example, if like somebody was 40 pounds overweight and they're like, hey, I eat when I'm hungry, I stop when I'm full, I would say, okay, well, let's actually, let's, let's use tracking. Let's use tracking to, because maybe, maybe they're doing that, but maybe they, they don't know a, a ton about food. So maybe they are eating when they're hungry and stuff and when they're full, but because they don't know a ton about food, the foods they're eating are very high calorie foods, very low in micronutrients, very low in fiber. And so the process of tracking can actually be a great process for learning about food. And so that's why, you know, even I think probably three to four times throughout that course that Eric and I created, we say like, hey, like we're not anti-tracking. Like tracking is extremely valuable. It teaches us a ton of information about food, teaches us a lot about our body. It helps us set up a good structure. So there's a lot of amazing things that come from tracking. The point of that course is like, okay, like just like training wheels, it's like once you kind of have that structure, you know, you, you you don't need to track anymore. But it is yeah, it is, it is great. Yeah, I, I got you. So so you're not against actually somebody using some sort of tracking tool. Um, and would that be you know writing down a food log, or do you use certain apps uh, for people to track their food? And, and do you recommend that they do everything straight away, like you know seven days a week, uh, every meal, or or what? Uh, I mean, it, de it depends on the situation and the person. I mean, honestly, like when I'm first starting with someone, especially if it's someone who's never, let's say they've never tracked before. Um, and I realize this is about getting away from tracking. We're talking about tracking, but it's because it's like the reason you get away from tracking is because you don't need it anymore. You have the habits in place, like you're, you're achieving the results you want to achieve. And so at this point, you just don't need tracking. But, you know, to get away from tracking, you know, first you can learn the things that tracking gives you. And so back to what you're saying, if I'm working with someone who's never tracked before, they don't have any, you know, healthy habits, they don't know a lot about food. The first week before I ever onboard them into my program, I just have them keep a simple food diary without even using an app. They can just write down what they eat, about how much they ate and the time they ate it. And so it's, it's, it's a very like... Um, it's not like a super precise way of tracking where it's like they go from not tracking to like all of a sudden needing to like track their specific carbs and fats and proteins and all that crazy stuff. It's just like a very loose, like, hey, like, what time did you eat? What did you have? About how much of it did you have? And just that simple process alone, it's like, it's amazing, you know, when people come back to me and like, wow, I learned so much. I realized I was snacking all the time or wow, I can't believe I ate, I'm eating like that. Because I think what happens is we just get so you know, we get habituated to stuff. And once stuff becomes a habit, we don't even see it anymore. And so what that process does of like keeping a food journal or, or using a, uh, a food tracking app is it starts to make us aware of our habits. And then, you know, once we, ha once we have that uh, awareness, it's like, oh shoot, no, no wonder I'm 40 pounds overweight. Like, and, and, and that awareness alone is, is extremely powerful. Yeah, I think like sometimes it's often hard for me to conceptualize that because I tracked for so long that when I moved away from tracking and it wasn't that I was like, I was something that was constraining me. I was like, I'm not going to track anymore. And I did like, you mentioned that 
sometimes people they'll feel fearful or they'll feel really regretful when they move away from tracking you gain a lot of weight when i when i told you that i moved away from tracking and i gained weight that I wasn't, you know, one bit upset. I mean, like, you know, when your physique fades, you, you do have some, sometimes you just, you know, you're a bit sad. You have a little cry here and there. But I mean, I wasn't, um, I wasn't like depressed or wasn't down about myself or wasn't self-loathing because my, my physique was now getting, I'm putting on body fat. I knew that my goal was to actually put on body fat. And I, and I knew, and I wasn't like curious or confused as to why i was gaining body fat now even though i was only eating to where i was full because i knew that i was eating more calorie dense foods i knew i was eating more nut butters i, I was eating out you know more frequently like twice as much as i had been previously if not more and i was you know not necessarily always eating as much high volume foods um but only from tracking for you know a number of years periodically that I was able to, you know, understand that. And, you know, if I want to actually lose body fat now, um, which I don't right now, but if I did, all I would do is swap back in, you know, perhaps higher calorie or lower calorie density foods, more high volume foods, like perhaps more vegetables or, or just, you know, choose different options of, of carb sources or, or whatever it may be. And, and not necessarily feel hungry or even, or even any way more hungry than I am right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a, that's a fascinating thing because I've seen this with myself and I've seen it happen with countless people. And that is like, okay, let's say, like when somebody gets away from tracking, oftentimes their appetite actually goes down. Even if they're eating the same amount of calories or even if their calories go down. Because there's something about that where it's like, if I know I have 2000 calories that I can't eat and I've only had 1800, like it's like that psychological, like, okay, like I'm still hungry because I still have 200 calories left. I'm obviously still hungry because I know that. But it's like, if I didn't know I'd only had 1800 calories, I might be full, I might be good, or I might've stopped at 16, which is like, I see that happen all the time. And I think it's just like, yeah, it's just something about like knowing that like, this is the amount that I need to eat and knowing that I'm under that, I, I must be still hungry. And so it's like, then our psychology starts to affect our physiology. And so then we start feeling hungry and then all of a sudden our behaviors are different. Now we're going to eat something that, heck, if we just didn't know the numbers, we might've stopped. Yeah, that, that completely makes sense. Cause even now when I'm not tracking at all, I find that some evenings I'm like, you know, I'm happy if I, if like, I'm not happy, but I'm not, you know, I'm not disappointed or like worried if I don't is a better word. If I don't, like eat enough food um because i have pretty big appetite anyway but sometimes i, I realize that towards the end of the day it's like oh i've only had like two sittings of protein today and i probably on less than like 100 grams or whatever and i'm like oh i'm not hungry whatsoever but if i was tracking i, I probably would have been hungry because i would have realized that i'm only have eaten like two and a half thousand calories or, or whatever calories for that day and i monitor my body weight every single day simply just because I have this Fitbit scales that you just stand on it and just tracks it straight to your your app, so it's it's pretty much no you know there's no effort barriers or whatever, and I I don't even like write it down. I just I, I just look at it every once a month and just see the trend. And I notice that like some days I'm like lighter and I'll, I'll feel a little bit more hungry that day. And then if I'm heavier one day, you know because I've eaten a lot the night before or whatever, maybe I'll just eat a little bit less. And 
and often when i'm making food choices personally like let's say i eat a big lunch with like a ton of calories and a ton of carbs maybe later that day um, i might be hungry but if i know i'm eating a lot of food i might say well maybe i'll just have an extra serving of of vegetables instead of having the rice because i know they're both going to fill me up equally as much they're going to have the same satiety effect but one of them has you know quite a bit more calories and i wouldn't have known that if i had never ever tracked before does that make sense to you absolutely and isn't it nice being able to just you know uh, say hey i don't want the rice let me just have some veggies without having to like get way down in the weeds and be like, okay, let me weigh out the spinach, weigh out the onions, weigh out the tomatoes, weigh out the mushrooms. Like, isn't it nice just being able to be like, okay, I, I, I need to cut my calories down. Let me just eat some veggies instead of rice and keeping it that simple. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is because uh, you mentioned about having a, eating a sandwich, not having to, you know, count the calories or whatever. And it's not that it even takes that long. I mean, it, it may take you an extra minute or two, but there's just something behind it mentally that's like, oh, I've got to weigh it. I've got to chop it up and put it on a plate. And then I've got to like play, just like get the ham and cheese and the butter and just and the lettuce, whatever, and put it on the sandwich and just eat it and then like not worry about it. And yeah, it, it's just kind of refreshing sometimes not to have to track like that. And yeah, I think it definitely can it can limit you. I've noticed, not necessarily with myself, but with some people that I've worked with in the past, that it can hold them back when they go out to eat because um, even if they're not, like, say, in the dieting phase, which is, you know, a bodybuilding comp prep phase, which is kind of different, but they'll, they'll not eat or they'll say, like, they'll feel good about not um, eating certain things because they didn't want to go over the calories. And it comes back to your point about, like, the performance. Like, some days you are just hungrier because we move more or, you know, you know, we're, if we're studying more, we can burn more calories or, or for training harder or our body just needs more calories for recovery someday. It's like the it, calories is almost, or macronutrients and, and tracking macronutrients are all almost just the best guess some of the times, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and back to the, the, the eating out point, it's like, I mean, I think sometimes we, we just get so focused on bodybuilding, but like if this is really going to turn into like something that we do as like a lifelong sport, like are we really not going to eat out ever again? Like, are we really not going to, like, have date nights or go out with friends or, you know, if something comes up, are we really just going to, like, like not eat because we don't know the exact nutrient breakdown of what we're having? I mean, that's an option, but that's not the way that, that I wanted to do it. And a lot of the people that I work with, that's, they, they get tired of, they are tired of that lifestyle and, and they want to learn how to do this stuff in a way that, that they can still stay on track with their goals, but also live life. Yeah. And I think you made a good point that if you if you've never tracked before, it's often hard to understand your signals or, or why you eat before, or maybe it's just because you don't have the background knowledge or references to, to, to give you insight into why why right now you're perhaps not at the body composition that you want to be. But with bodybuilders specifically or people who do physique sports, they I don't know myself and perhaps just the type of person who's drawn towards it. They're quite over analytical and they want to optimize everything and try and, and push, um, you know, for maximal progress and kind of tick all the boxes, especially with natural bodybuilding, I think, because you have such a small playing field or a room to grow, so to speak, with, you know, with uh, enhanced bodybuilding, you can kind of do a lot of stuff and get away with it because you've got assistance. But with natural bodybuilding, there's only ever so much that you can grow in terms of your muscles. So, it's almost like you have to be optimal in the later part or even you know beyond the first few years of your your weight training career to, to make that incremental process so if somebody 
let's say they just came out of a, a dieting phase or a contest prep phase and they they do feel a bit restrained or or controlled or confined by the macros but they're afraid of moving away from tracking and uh, because they they want to make sure that they're only in like a 100 calorie surplus or a 200 calorie surplus and, and i even see this with like bodybuilders who are quite uh successful so to speak or have a big following that they're they're giving their like oh on my training days i mean these macros and my my off days mean these macros because i want a, a 200 calorie surplus only um, and and it can kind of create a bit of fear uh, within people who who are perhaps not not right not quite there but want to get to that position so how would you advise somebody who wants to move away from it but is, is afraid like what are the what are the first steps so they're, they're tracking seven days a week they track everything all their their macros uh, all the way down to the splendor that they eat how did, how do they move away from it successfully and, and not turn into like uh, mr blobby or whatever mm-hmm. i think the first thing i would say is like that's exactly what that course was created for so it's like if somebody like really wants to go through that process i would check out that transitioning away from tracking course because Eric hits the research hard and then I come through with okay, the actual practicality, like a step-by-step process. How do you do this? So, Eric hits the first blow and you come in and, and get the slight <laughs> digs at the end. <laughs> so he does a really good job. I mean, his, his, his research is, is, that he covers is phenomenal. And I, and, and I think it, it, it addresses a lot of the, 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 the concerns that people have about you know tracking being optimal. And if I'm not tracking, I'm not being optimal. He, he makes it clear that it's not the case. Um, so back to, back to your example, um, you know, the, the first steps that someone can take, uh, I mean, it really depends on, on, I guess I, I always go back to like, it depends on like where they're at and what, you know, the person, whatever. But, um, the, the first, the, the first step of, let's say getting away from tracking is just getting away from tracking. So it's like typically like before I have someone transition away, it's like I make sure that they have some sort of like eating structure. They have habits that support their health and goals. And so if somebody doesn't yet have that structure, it's like maybe stick with tracking for another week or two to set up that structure. And then once they have that structure, then keep that structure, but just don't track it anymore. So it's like you, you know, eat similar foods at similar times and similar portions, make the very first step, just not tracking anymore. Because just because you're not tracking it anymore, that doesn't mean anything in in reality is actually changing. I mean, your diet might look the exact same. Um, And of course, all of this is, is around the fact of like, let's say somebody's in a good spot to transition away. So for example, let's say somebody finishes a show and they feel like just totally stepping away would be too much and they would really go off the rails and binge. Well, it's like, yeah, then maybe you, you gradually get away from it. Um, so again, but in this example, we're just saying like, hey, the person, they're in a good spot. They feel like they can handle it. You know, what's the first step? The first step is like, have your structure, stick to your structure at first, and then just get away and get used to not tracking. And then once you get more comfortable with not tracking, then you can start to vary your eating behaviors more, vary your food choices, more stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, there might have been a, a, a 3DMJ blog post about it before. It's something I've been kind of doing for a long time myself. And it's not just you know for the reason of tracking, but just for convenience sake, it was like having a an almost a meal plan, but more just the bones of a meal plan. So like eat uh you know oats and whey protein for breakfast or eat uh greek yogurt before bed and then like during the day eat like 
vegetables and a, a protein source from animals and, and that was kind of it and maybe one snack and i think that's probably what most of the normal people do who don't uh who don't like bodybuilding or training they just eat similar foods every day maybe they eat cornflakes for breakfast but they don't have like a protein source but they'll eat very similar meals most days and then often when people get into the physique sports they kind of overcomplicate it and and then when they learn about flexible dieting it means that you almost have to be flexible and change your your foods every single time you eat something and make up all these different meals from the macros that you have rather than just saying well let's keep the bones of a of a meal plan um whether it be just like i'm going to have some form of eggs and then changing some of the uh vegetables or carb sources or fat sources and i think that's what really you know would help people or, as, or at least has helped me i think eric called it the default diet or something like that mm-hmm. yeah and uh and i guess is that what you're talking about like keeping some form of structure that way and then once you've kind of got comfortable with that adding in then additional foods or swapping out certain foods yeah because it's kind of like yeah, like you said that, that's that's exactly the structure i'm talking about it's like you know maybe you have you know you eat around like 10 and 2 and 6 and 10 or something like that and you kind of know okay like you said here's the like i have some protein there i have a fruit or a veggie there and i have you know a g- good portion of carbs there and you just kind of start with that structure like what you've been doing because i found that like most people not everyone but a lot of people like once like once we're like tracking like most of us just because we have jobs and other things in life like we we have to create some sort of structure because of our schedule and so typically like we're already doing something and so like i said the first step is like just keep doing what you're doing just don't record the numbers anymore and that's a good that's a good first step because like a a lot of it is just like getting comfortable you know it's like basic um you know it's not exposure therapy but it's like you know it's basic like hey like you're afraid of this thing like let's just let's just ease into it first let's just get comfortable not tracking and then once you see that actually I'm good, it's not that scary, I'll be okay, then you start, okay, maybe, maybe I wanna change and, and you know, change up my, my meal timing a little bit, or maybe I wanna have some different foods or some stuff like that. Um, as, you, as you start to see like, okay, I can do this, it's not that big of a deal, it's not that scary, I'll be fine. Is that what you would call intuitive eating or is that something different? That's something different. Um, just because like this, like what, in the context of what we're talking about, physique athletes and, and, um, powerlifters, I mean, we're eating for specific, like sport specific outcomes. And so we're not just eating based on our body's feedback. So we are using, um, either like our training as our guidance or our body weight or physique pictures. Like we're still using external feedback to guide our decision making, um, which doesn't make it true intuitive eating. Um, so it's not the exact same, but what we are doing is we're incorporating, uh, paying more attention to the feedback our body's giving us, which is something that I think, I know at least for me, like when I first started tracking, like no one ever told me to pay attention to how I'm feeling, to pay attention to like how hungry or full I am or, or how my energy, my mental clarity, my dige- digestive functioning was going. It was, there was no talk about that. It was like, here's your protein, here's your fat, here's your carb targets. I don't care how you hit that, just make sure before you go to sleep, you hit those targets. And, and you know, that was okay and that worked, but since incorporating all this other stuff, you know, and paying attention to like my body's feedback, 
it actually has resulted in, in better results, which was the reason behind you know Eric and I creating this course is is you know uh, tracking itself you know doesn't necessarily make it more optimal. I mean back to our like what we very first started on, it's like what might be you know quote unquote more optimal is if you gain ten pounds, but because you're so focused on hitting these targets, you're preventing yourself from gaining the ten pounds. But once you move away from having that safety net of that, that anchor of having those targets, you're forced to touch base with your body more. And then you're able to recognize like, shoot, I'm hungry all the time. I shouldn't be hungry all the time. I need to eat more. That's one example. And the other example I gave was the performance thing is like, if you cap yourself to, I can only have 200 carbs today, but like maybe you were super active and maybe you, if you ate 300, you would have a phenomenal training session. And like, that's going to result in obviously like, if you do that over time, it's going to result in more muscle growth. Like that's going to, that's another example of where tracking would actually be suboptimal because it would keep you at a lower, a lower um, nutrient intake where if you just ate a bit more, you would perform better. Yeah. I think uh, I have I've personally experienced some, um, you know, some situations like that. Like, like I mentioned uh, at the start, I started playing basketball again, hadn't played in years and I, like I haven't been tracking, but I know that some days I actually go to the gym in the morning and then play basketball at nighttime. And I just feel like I got to eat a lot more carbs that day and he, it, because, you know, I'm tired or I, you know, I'm going to burn way more calories playing basketball for an hour or two hours than I would if I was just training. But if I was confining myself to 200 or 300 or whatever it is, grams of carbohydrates, then yeah, it may affect my basketball performance, but I pretty much play, you know, semi recreationally, so it wouldn't be that important. But my my goal of building muscle would be impaired, and that's pretty important to me. And I think like about a month ago, I was in Rome, in Italy, and um, I remember I was walking around and I was just doing a ton and ton of walking. I never experienced this, but I got like uh, I started feeling really really weak and started sweating a ton, and like. I think it was like uh, hypoglycemia. Like I never experienced it before, but I had to like pound back like 200 grams of carbs from like sports drinks and like uh, bread rolls and stuff just to feel like I wasn't gonna like die. And uh, and it, like if I had been on a like a diet or something like that, and I was so restrictive with the calories or so confined with the calories that I had, I might might have been like, oh no, I got to push through. And even when I was doing like prep, that was almost like the mentality that I was in as well. I was like, you know, if I'm feeling tired or hungry, uh, you know, it's a good sign that I'm, I'm losing fat. And yeah, I have a little bit more awareness because I've been doing it for so long, but perhaps people who, who aren't thinking about, you know, the broader, uh, you know, the broader scope um, or thinking, you know, more critically or evaluating in the, in the grand scheme of things, they might've you know, not, you know, had some carbs and it might've just felt like crap for the whole day, you know? Mm-hmm. So when, when somebody's transitioning away, um, and they've been like, you know, they've been hungry for a whole prep and you've got them eating this more structured plan. How do they, how do they start to incorporate foods that perhaps are not going to make them gain a ton of weight? Do you, do you track their weight for, or do you recommend that they track their weight for, uh, for a while? Because I was listening to some, some, uh, podcasts and stuff like that, reading a bit about, um, intuitive eating. And, uh, and I know, like you said, that it's not necessarily the same thing, uh, because, because of this whole diet stigma and this anti-diet movement within the general population, because there's a, there seems to be um, some weight stigma around people who are overweight that they need to lose weight that, you know, everyone's just pushing back against diet and that you don't need to track anything or that you should just be in tune with your body and eating that way. How do you, 
how do you recommend that people start to eat uh, foods that are perhaps more satiating if they're say gaining weight faster or do you track their body weight on a daily basis or do you recommend that's something they do because ultimately our goal may not necessarily be weight neutral it might be to to gain weight or to gain muscle yeah and, and that is where okay so it's like if you have your structure like the other thing and you know you have your goal set what you're trying to achieve it's like yeah you have some sort of system to monitor like how things are going so that is where and again that's what makes this not true intuitive eating one of the things is like you you, you are using some sort of external feedback to guide your decision making so it's like maybe you're a bodybuilder and you're in your off season and you're, and you're trying to gain between one to three pounds per month well, yeah, maybe you, and you're trying to, let's say, get stronger as well. Like maybe you uh, track your body weight four-ish times, four plus times per week. And you do that for a couple of weeks, a month. You see how that's going. Uh, you track your training. You're ensure you're getting stronger. And if you notice you're not uh, gaining as quickly as you'd like, that's where, you know, there's a lot of things you could do. Um, ultimately, you, you know you need to get in more calories. Um, but that's where you know you could do simple stuff like adding in another snack, adding in another meal, uh, aiming to be a bit more full at each meal, um, and the opposite. Let's say you're you're gaining weight a little too quickly. Um, that's where you could uh, take away a snack or aim to be a little less full at each meal, or start swapping protein sources. Maybe you you move uh, from higher fat protein sources to lower fat protein sources and do uh, simple food uh, modifications, substitutions like that. Uh, so yeah, um, in terms of like introducing like, you know, how do you, how do you eat like higher calorie foods and, and work that stuff in, um, I would say there's not really an exact like process for that. It's kind of just part of the whole thing. It's like you have your, you have your structure, you get your protein, your fruits and your veggies, because you've tracked for so long, you know about where your calories need to be and you know about how many you've had that day. And so you know whether you, know, you wanna eat some more calories that day or not. And uh, yeah, I, 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 does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, the, the thing that I guess people would be fearful of would, yeah, the, I guess you're gonna give some form of structure or, or guidelines or at least um, teach them through that period where they're not just saying well off you go now you kind of eat until you're hungry or, or when you're full and then just eat whatever you want you, you you got some guidelines around eating vegetables and protein um at each meal or a couple times a day and making sure that you're eating a, a healthy diet but when it comes to things that are food specifically that are say quite calorie dense and don't have much or, or have less impact on on your hunger than say more voluminous foods like fruits and vegetables how do, how do people or you, i guess you said there's not a, an exact way to introduce those into their diet would it be that they include that on top of their diet or they swap certain foods because you can get some foods that are pretty dense in calories but you may not actually be full even eating that that food or that meal like a, a thousand calorie burger but you're still kind of hungry after it yeah and i think i think the reason i was maybe like struggling to articulate that is because it's like when I think about like one day, like if, like the whole point of this thing is like, uh, you know, we're not needing to be as precise anymore. So it's like what earlier we were talking about at the end of a contest prep, this whole thing of not tracking might not be the best approach just because the level of precision with where your calories need to be, where your protein needs to be, is, it's, so, it's so tight. Like you can't afford to like be off. 
But like if somebody's in a gaining phase and they're trying to gain, you know, two to four pounds a month, one to three pounds per month, if they have an extra thousand calories one day, you know, or, you know, it just doesn't matter. It just all, it just ends up balancing out. And so that's why I'm like, you know, not, I'm trying not to get too, I guess, too nitpicky where it's like, okay, like here's this strategy. Here's what you do. If you want to have this food on this day and here's what you want to do if you have this, cause it's like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't need to be that particular. You shouldn't have to be micromanaging things that closely uh, at this, at, in this kind of phase. It, it's like, okay, you track for so long, you know a lot about food, you know kind of where your calories need to be. It's like, you know, you can't, maybe you can, but in this example, let's say you're somebody who can't have a 1200 calorie burger every night. So it's like, you just know from your experience and from your knowledge, like I can't eat a 1200 calorie burger every night. Uh, I just, that, that won't work. But like, if you do it once a week or twice a week or whatever, like it, it just, you don't, you're not, you're not dealing with that same level of, of, of like, okay, I can only have X amount of calories. And if I don't, I'm not going to hit my target. Cause the whole thing about this system as well is it's like, if you overeat, and I'm sure you've noticed this as well. It's like, if you overeat for a few days, if you're in a, a range where your body likes to be, and you're in tune with the feedback your body's giving you, if you overeat for a few days, typically what I've seen with myself, what I've seen with clients, what Eric's noticed, and I assume, I, I'm curious to hear how it's been for you, is if you're, if you're in a good spot physiologically and you overeat for a few days, typically the, the subsequent days, the, the couple days after that or the day after that, you're just naturally not as hungry. And so you're, you're, you will automatically drop your calorie intake the next day without having to force it and without having to freak out being like, Oh no, you know, I had that. Now I got to have all these high volume foods and I can, it's like, it, it, there's, it doesn't need to be that kind of managing going on. Does yeah. It, I, I, th I think you're, you're dead right. I mean, the, the point you, you've touched on there is that like, this is for people who have experienced with tracking. So that means that they, they're not going to be blind to like, well, what's the, the calories and the macronutrients in a, in a donut versus a, you know, a, a lean beef patty, are they going to be any different? It's not a question that you'd even have to ask um, yourself because you got that experience. And it, it's not like you're, you know, unknowingly eating an extra 4,000 calories a day and, and didn't think about it. Um, so like, it's important that in the context of this, that doing some form of tracking initially, whether that means macronutrient tracking or portion tracking or something will give you a great baseline um, to, to be able to set up your meal plan or your structure or, or whatever in a way that you're still eating in tune with your goals, so to speak. And with regards to the question you've asked me about how do I feel with, uh, you know, my hunger, et cetera, and has it changed? Um, yeah, it definitely has. Like I said, some days I, I spend a lot more calories based off of just my activity levels, playing some sports and then also lifting. And then the next morning, like I'll be, I'll be hungry, you know, even at this body weight that I'm at, that I'll, I'll still be, you know, quite hungry. I'll eat, I'll eat some like, you know, all brand cereal and have a shake or whatever. And, um, but other days when I'm like today, I, I didn't go to the gym. Um, probably won't go to the gym after this because it'll be too late, but I'm not gonna, I pretty much my activity is low. So I'm not even that hungry. Like I, I might have a shake later and some fruit or, I might just have like a, you know, you know, a small meal. And I know tomorrow I'm probably not going to be that hungry in the morning. And, and some days I overeat. Like, uh, I like to, I got a, like a takeaway. I think, uh, the first time in like, I don't know, maybe since I was like a kid, I bought fish and chips. It's pretty popular here. Um, I just, I just thought I'd try it. And the next morning I wasn't hungry at all. I just had a shake 
and and i guess it comes back to like you need to be in that body fat range or your settling point mm -hmm. so to speak um which for some people means they can stay really lean and for others um it, you may they may need to get a little bit heavier than they would like in terms of body fat but once you're in that spot then i think that's when your body really starts to you know give you the the correct hugner signals i mean and the correct response to food and to um and satiety and hunger um but only necessarily when you're in that body range so like i'm gonna probably stay within this body fat range because i'm not you know, overly hungry i'm not gonna overeat because when i start to push up my weight a little bit more if my body fat gets a little bit higher um my hunger signal just dampens quite a bit and i'll eat less and i'll naturally fall back to a little bit leaner um, but if i get too lean then i'll, I'll just be hungry hungrier a lot more often that's really well said and because like you said if we're not talking about somebody who's like six percent body fat and they're starving because it's like us then trying to be like how do they how do they eat in a way to like maintain that while having these different foods it's like the the whole we should be we're not even talking about the right thing the first step is like they just need to gain weight it shouldn't be like how can they maintain six percent without tracking and eating all the and eating these high calorie foods like we're asking the wrong question. The first thing is let's just get back to like where your body wants to be. And then like you said, like once you're, once you're there, you know, our, our bodies are amazing and like they give us feedback and we'll like, if, as long as we're attuned to that, like they, their body will give us guidance on, you know, to eat more, to eat less and things like that. And, and the, the A and the, there's a few things off of that. Again, um, it's not saying that's the only thing you listen to because you know the this whole conversation has been in the context of someone who is a physique athlete or someone who wants to improve their their body composition and, and do this for a sport which means that you know maybe they do need to get above where their body wants to be which is why they have that system that monitoring system to ensure that they're gaining weight this way you know if their body is like i don't want you to gain weight i don't want you to gain weight you know, they have a system outside of themselves to, to let, to help them, you know, push beyond what their body wants to do so that way they can gain the weight for their sport specific outcomes. Um, yeah. The, yeah. I think I'm kind of lucky in a way that I don't have a, like a, I don't have a trouble gaining weight if I want to. Um, and I don't actually want to gain any more weight, but I know that I've got some clients that are like probably 30 to 40 pounds lighter than me and eat probably thousand more calories and they struggle to gain weight and they struggle to get all the calories in it and if they were just to eat based off their 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 hunger signals uh, they would probably r remain pretty lean and i guess because it comes back to the point that even natural bodybuilding may ne may not necessarily be you know absolutely optimally healthy um trying to push your body weight above where it naturally wants to wants to be right if you're going to be naturally slim then you know per perhaps you're, you'll be at optimal health if you do remain naturally slim rather than trying to push your like your weight up and um it's kind of a bit off topic but i think some people think that you know weight training is healthy so that means that if i'm benching 100 kilos for for 10 reps that if i can bench 150 kilos for 10 reps i'll be healthier which isn't necessarily the case you know yeah, I mean, it, 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 it looks like anything, like you said, you know, typically a little bit is good, but too much of anything can be, you know, cause, have other impacts. So it's like, you know, if somebody's doing, you know, too lean, you know, obviously like being a healthy body fat is good, but if you're too lean, you know, typically there's a lot of, maybe not, not always physio, like physiological um, negative side effects. Of course, there can be once you get super lean, but like even just like the psychological, like 
now you're just constantly thinking about food, you're isolating yourself, you're not hanging out with people, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like, like you said, you can, you can take anything in, in training or nutrition to the extreme and have negative side effects. Yeah. So, so just to wrap up then, I guess when you, if you want to transition away from tracking, the, f the first thing you really want to think about is getting to that body fat percentage or body weight that is going to be naturally healthy for you. And, and it, within that context, that is going to be optimal for you, even if you're a physique athlete to, to gain um, you know, maximum amount of muscle because you know, they, they often go hand in hand with your hormones are at their, their best. It's often when you're at your healthiest, right? So if you're trying to stay too lean, perhaps then you know this may not work perfectly for you trying to move away from tracking until you get to that body fat percentage and then for those who are really trying to push the the envelope and gain more more weight than they're they're naturally comfortable with it may not work 100 percent correctly for them or or perhaps they'll need to implement some additional strategies like tracking their weight or or perhaps um monitoring their food intake somehow yeah yeah and if i was to add two things to that i i would say like the whole thing is like you know, uh, in this phase, like you just the a lot of the fear comes around from like, you know, just thinking that somebody like we need to be super precise all the time. And like the whole point with all of this, like even back to your question, how does somebody bring in these different foods and all that is like we're just in a phase. We ha our, our goals at that time just don't require that high level of precision. So therefore, like being less precise is not sacrificing optimality. Like we just don't, it wouldn't be any more beneficial to be more precise at that point for those goals. Uh, yeah. And, and gotcha. yep. And, and the, the second thing, like you said, the, the, the transitioning away and getting away. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the structure is, is a big deal. Just having that structure set up, having the habits in place. And then again, like having this, the, it's that way it's not just habits. You know, because I don't want—I don't want someone to just do this and then assume like, okay, I'm eating based on how I feel. This means things are going well. There has to be that other that component we've talked about probably two or three times now, which is like there has to be that monitoring system. Which is like if you if you do have specific goals, you know, that that are outside of what your body wants to do naturally, then you do have to have some sort of monitoring system, weighing yourself, tracking your training, physique pictures. You have to have some sort of system to give you feedback, to let you know if these habits, if the way that you're eating is taking you to where you want to be, this way it's not just like, okay, let me just trust this whole thing is working and two years from now I'll check to see if it actually worked. Like I to, like set aside a time, you know, once a month to review, okay, am I gaining weight at the rate I want to? Is my strength going up appropriately? Is my physique changing the way I want it to? Set aside a specific time, like create your game plan and then work that game plan for like I say a solid month and then review, or am I achieving the outcomes I'm after? And then from there you can make adjustments. Awesome, man. So Steve, where can people find more about you and your work? Yeah, uh, social media is, Steve Taylor RD and website is stevetaylorrd.com and email address is steve at stevetaylorrd.com. So pretty, pretty simple. And you just released the course? Yes. And you can find that at 3DMJ Vault and the course is called Transitioning Away from Tracking. Yeah. And there's actually, uh, I think there's a, a free like intro or a free few of the modules are like free that you can check that out before you actually even even sign up for it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You get I think it's two two to three videos for free. A lot of information about the course. Eric gives a really good summary of what the course is about. What's um, 
what's contained in the course. So yeah, you get a lot, you can get a good feel for the course before you actually have to, to buy it. Yeah, and it's only like $18 anyway, so pretty cheap. Um, but Steve, thanks a lot, man, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you for having me on. So there you have it. Um, you can see that tracking, or I hope you've learned that tracking isn't necessarily something that you need to be married to all of your training or lifting career or even something that's perhaps necessary to do all the time. I personally tracked I think the first time in 2009 which was 11 years ago now at this stage and I found it to be a very very valuable tool but there was some limitations that we've spoke about that I definitely experienced personally and have experienced with the clients that I've worked with as well and now like I mentioned I don't track at all um, but because of the habits that I built up through tracking for such a long time I'm able to now eat more mindfully so to speak without necessarily being so tied to strict numbers and perhaps even optimizing my nutrition by not actually tracking but if you want to learn more about this i do recommend that you go over and check out that course um, i have no affiliation to it at all just feel like it's a very good course for a very very reasonable price and i really trust uh, and have a lot of respect for the guys over at 3d muscle journey uh, being a client of one of those for the past uh, number of years so check that out also there's associated literature if you want to read that into more in depth into the into the studies that they speak about within that course or some of the things that myself and steve talk about and if you do have any questions specifically around this or you want to ask questions specifically around tracking and how you perhaps can move away from it you can reach out to myself or you can reach out to steve all of the contact details are down in the show notes again so i hope you enjoyed this conversation if you did please leave a five-star rating or review or if you thought it was crap leave a one-star rating whatever just some sort of rating would be pretty helpful and appreciated but until the next time i will chat to you then